Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. You know I'm going to say it. As always, I am thrilled. I am so grateful that you've chosen to spend your time here with us on the podcast. I know you could be doing other great things with your time. You've chosen to spend it here with us, and I'm eternally grateful for that. Thank you so much for doing that. Because you listen, I get to continue to do what I love to do, and that's uh, share leadership content with you all. And today I have a really special episode for you today. I'm going to dive into the Clifton Strengths Finder with Micah Lorenz. Now, you know, I'm just going to tell you up front, you are going to see a vulnerable side of me, uh, maybe that you you haven't heard on this podcast before. I've always talked about leadership is about relationship and to build relationships to some degree, you, you have to learn to be vulnerable. And Micah and I are going to dive into my strength, uh, Clifton Strengths Finders report today uh, and just kind of open up the book that is Michael Tanner. And so you guys are going to get to, to see inside that and, and hear uh, who I am and kind of how I'm made, how I'm wired. Uh, and as I shared with Micah uh, in the podcast recording, it, it felt a little vulnerable, right? It felt like I was uh, exposing um, uh, to you guys uh kind of my inner being, if you will. And so, uh, you know, I, I told him that I, I had to be uh, transparent with you all and sharing this information. I couldn't be hypocritical because I was teaching, I was sharing with you all leadership's about relationship and you have to be vulnerable. In today's episode, you're going to see me do just that, be vulnerable with you all. But before I jump in and, and tell you more about Micah, just a few quick housekeeping items to share with you. Uh, if you're l- listening to this podcast and you did not sign up for our live event, The Secret Formula, Becoming the Leader Others Will Follow Anywhere, you missed a great live event. Uh, it was just this past week. We had a great time, a great session there, lots of great leadership content. We will actually be redoing that live event the first Friday in October, October the 1st. So be sure you check that out. Uh, you can head over to CredibleLeaders.com and you'll be able to um, to find information about that. I will certainly on the podcast here in future episodes be sharing more information about that as well. Uh, such a great live event. Uh, we're going to repeat that again in October and I don't want you to miss that. So be on the lookout for that. And then also don't forget about our Leadership Calculator free tool that you can utilize to measure and score your leadership effectiveness. And from that, you get a great report that tells you exactly how to increase your leadership effectiveness. So again, be sure you check that out. CredibleLeaders.com forward slash calculator. That's where you'll find our leadership calculator. Again, a free tool. Highly advise that you take uh, advantage of that. Now, before I jump into my interview with Micah, let me give you a little bit about who Micah is. So Micah Lorenz, is a, uh, he's a corporate management dropout. And he's turned into a leadership, relationship, and team development coach. Uh, He's based in in Austin, Texas. Uh, He's a Gallup-certified Clifton Strengths coach. And he believes in the power of positive psychology. Uh, He has nearly a decade of facilitation experience with an emphasis on 
strengths-based development workshops for teams and startups and things like that. So uh, Micah has, uh, has been a featured guest in various podcasts, and I'm honored to have him here on the Rookie Leaders Podcast. And so without making you wait any further, let me get over to my interview where we go through my results from the Clifton Strengths Founder with Michael Lorenz. Micah, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. It is so exciting to have you on here. Uh, we're going to kind of uncover the covers on me a, a little bit here. When we look into my results from the Clifton Strengths Finders assessment, and you're going to kind of walk us through that. And, and I got to tell you, most of the time when guests get on here, I'm excited to share with the audience, their knowledge and their expertise. and uh, But I got to be honest with you a little bit here. I'm feeling a little vulnerable that you and I are going <laughs> to kind of, you know, strip away the covers here uh, and uh -huh. share with the audience uh, my uh, strength assessment uh, results. But I, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Michael. I'm excited to talk about it too, and definitely appreciate that you're willing to get vulnerable with the, with your listeners because it's a it's an important thing. I think it'll be really insightful for you, but also for them to hear uh, what kind of what the benefit of doing something like the Clifton Strengths Assessment would would do for them individually too. Right, right. You know, you know, I remember in our connect call that we, you and I had a few weeks back and we talked about you know well what would we discuss on the podcast and you'd mentioned this this opportunity to take the assessment myself I, I took it several years ago but I needed to redo that anyway and and to mm -hmm. take the assessment and then kind of walk through my results with the audience and and I remember telling you that that would make me feel a, a little bit vulnerable but also <laughs> said but I would be a hypocrite if I wasn't willing to do that because a part of my leadership teaching and development is uh, the uh, the reality that leaders need to be willing to be vulnerable with their team members. If they're afraid of something, yeah. they didn't need to be willing to say, Hey, I'm afraid of this, or I don't know how this is going to work out or, and that type of thing. So uh, I would I be, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't I, agree more. That's so important. Yeah. I'd totally be a hypocrite if I wasn't willing <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to do this. So, well, and if it makes you feel better, Michael, that it is the strengths-based development, kind of the, the approach that this is based on is a part of positive psychology. The intent is really to focus on the good. Yeah. So there definitely will be some kind of vulnerable aspects to digging into your strengths. But for the most part, we're going to be talking about how great you are. So, <laughs> I mean, there's not that much to worry about in that sense. Well, and that does make me feel a little better. I, I know that there were, um, uh, I know that there were uh, 34 results, right? If you get the full report, you get 34 results. And I know the report talks about there's this, this column of strengths, and then there's this column of, and it, it actually, it talks about uh, things to navigate, right? Areas that I just need to navigate. And I noticed that it doesn't call them my weaknesses. It doesn't right. call them my, you know, my challenges or anything like that. So I, I, I greatly appreciate that. But yeah, if we could catch. If we could stick to that list of strengths on here, it'd make me feel a lot better. Yeah. 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 Well, we won't, we won't go off the list. And just so that um, if you're unfamiliar with the Clifton strengths there, there are 34 strengths total. Mm -hmm. And based on it came from decades of research from Gallup. And most people are familiar with Gallup being a research company. So after decades of research, they found that all 34 of these strengths are good. 
Every none of them showing up on your list should be something to be afraid of because all of them have been used at some point by somebody to help them be successful. So when I when I get somebody's strengths results and we look at their top few strengths, I I get excited about them every time because there's no bad combination any combination of your strengths. And like you said, your top 10 are what I usually focus on with people because those are your dominant strengths. Those are the things that come most naturally to you. Right. And Gallup, Gallup calls your bottom strengths. So maybe the bottom five or so they call them your lesser strengths, mm-hmm. not weaknesses. And I love <laughs> right. that you caught that. It's right. just, right. these are, these are not your weaknesses. I'll actually, I'm sure we'll talk about actually they do, they do have an application an application for the word weaknesses, Mm -hmm. but it's not what you think. It's not your bottom strengths. Your bottom five or so are just ways of thinking that aren't going to come naturally to you. And that's all that means when it's a lesser strength. Yeah, no, I appreciate that explanation. And, And as I look through the report, you can totally see that, that, that this is not about telling, showing you areas where you're good and where you're bad. It's really just about um, identifying those those that are your natural strength areas. And, and again, I teach this in my leadership development as well, especially as it relates to high pressure, high stress situations, your natural tendencies, your natural behaviors are, are what's going to take over in, in those situations. And those are, you know, in, in leadership, you can find yourself in those high pressure, high, high stress situations. And your natural oh, yeah. tendencies are the ones that are going to kind of take over. So it's good to identify those. I think, you know, Absolutely. I would say, and I can easily, I can easily fall into this trap. I do it often. Um, one of the, the ways that you can talk yourself into something being bad is you see one of those areas that you really want it to be a strong strength, but it's just not right. And, yep. and I see, I <laughs> yep. see myself do it and I, and I see other people do it even with like a, the disc assessment, right? Somebody wants to be a high D and they, and they turn out to yeah. be an S well, and they're just not. Yeah. Sorry. It's not bad yeah. that you're an S and I know you want to be a D, but you're just not right. So yeah, we call, we call that strength envy. When you look at, <laughs> you read, you read one of these other strengths and you're like, man, that sounds cool. I like and, that. and it yeah. happens. It happens a lot. People would look at one of these other strengths and be like, man, I wish I had that. And you yeah. admire it and other people. And it's just not something that comes naturally to you. And, yeah. and that's okay. That's kind of the point of the, the strengths material and working with a coach is that you can talk about how, even though that strength doesn't come naturally to you, there may be outcomes that that person could accomplish because that strength is natural for them. But it doesn't mean you can't also accomplish those outcomes. You would just go about it a different way using your strengths rather than using their strengths. And it's still good. Right. No, I gotcha. Gotcha. Well, look, we've, we've kind of joked around and explained the assessment or uh, and all and joked around about my vulnerability a little bit, but (laughs) I, I know that, you know, I know a large part of what you do is you're, you're about uh, consulting with teams and doing team workshops, and you use the Clifton Strengths Assessment within the context of those. But kind of before we dive into my results, maybe talk to the audience a little bit about why is it in, so? If it, if I'm in the context of a team, and you're mm-hmm. going to come in and you're going to help us as a team work better together, get better performance, whatever it might be, why is it important that? all of our team members utilize a tool like the uh, Clifton Strength Finder. 
Yeah, I love it. Great question. So there are multiple benefits that you could expect to see from incorporating something like this into your team. For one, if you think kind of locally at the individual level, when team members understand themselves and they it, they increase their own self-awareness around like, what am I best at and how do I leverage my uh, strengths for success, then they start to have a better understanding of how they can be successful by by leaning into the things that come most naturally to them and kind of finding their own identity, their own way of accomplishing the outcomes that are expected of them as an individual contributor. Um, that also means sometimes that people can sense where they should m- volunteer for assignments I would be good at that. I know myself well enough to know I would be good at that and where they need to seek help and partnerships when they know I'm not going to be good at that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm being asked to achieve this outcome as a part of my job, but that is not one of my strengths, but it is Fred's strength. Who's sitting next to me. I'm going to partner with him and I'm going to, we're going to do this together. And when he has something that he needs to do, that isn't one of his strengths, but it is one of mine, I'm going to make myself available to him too. So this is where it starts to kind of expand and it becomes more of a team game. When we know each other's strengths, not just our own, we also, we start, we start doing partnerships like that or recognizing opportunities for partnership, as well as we improve our communication with one another, because we start to acknowledge that different strengths mean different lenses of seeing the world. Mm -hmm. And when you see the world differently than somebody else, sometimes that affects your relationship and your communication. And when you understand that something that might've bothered you previously about a coworker actually comes from a difference in strengths perspective, you start to kind of increase this tolerance and forgiveness and understanding about Mm -hmm. the people that you work with. And you recognize these things that used to be annoying as actually a really beneficial thing. We think differently the differences are actually an advantage. It's a good thing that we think differently because we all have different strengths and we can work together for better team performance. So what the last benefit that comes to mind is kind of a, a global thing that Gallup talks about as a result of the research. And it's just that when, when employees do what they do well, if they, you align what they get paid to do with what they do well, meaning their, their strengths are applied at work in a regular, at a, uh, at a regular interval, Mm -hmm. then they are more happy about what they do Mm -hmm. and they're more successful at what they do. And that makes them more engaged and engagement is directly tied to very uh, important KPIs that most companies track like employee retention, Mm -hmm. employee job satisfaction, productivity, uh, reduced attrition, things like um, short, like we each, reduce shrinkage. There's less stealing Mm -hmm. from employees when they feel engaged. So ultimately it's getting teams and employees to be more engaged at work, which just shows all sorts of benefits through the research they've done. Yeah. You know, I, I especially resonate with that first point you made about it. it, Knowing one another's strengths helps us work better together as teammates. And, and, and I talk about it in the, in the context of trust and when I talk to leaders and, and teams about you've got to trust one another, here, here's the word again. I even talk about vulnerability-based trust, right? You've got to be willing to trust that you can be vulnerable with your team members and, and, and share with them, hey, I'm struggling in this area. And I always use the, the 
common scenario of you have a team, you're working at a goal, and, and each team member has these activities or these tasks that they're responsible for doing, and they have these milestones in which they need to get those uh, activities done. And inevitably, you have that team member that's been supposed to have been working on a, on a task for, say, two weeks. And the day before it's due, he finally raises his hand and says, Hey, sorry, I'm not going to have that tomorrow. I've been struggling. It's going to be at least two more weeks before I can get that done. Well, when that's the case, two things have just happened. One, that team member didn't trust that he could share his struggles with the rest of the team members for that two weeks. Right? Along the way, that he yeah. kept That he kept quiet. And now the second thing that's happened is all those other team members are making up the worst of stories in their mind. Oh, this guy's a loser. What a slacker. What has he been doing for all this time? Yep. And and all that does is destroy trust among, among one another. That's but right. if that guy knew that he had a task that didn't align with his strengths, and he also knew that all his team members knew that, that he was assigned a task that doesn't align well with his strengths, he would feel much more open to raise his hand early and say, hey, I might need some help here. This this is not yeah. going to be easy for me. I might need some help if we're going to hit this milestone and so forth. And so it just so resonates with me as to Love how that. that helps a team. What, what do you think there? Okay, so you, I'm actually going to take, I'm going to take a kind of a different perspective and talk about you for a second. As you right, I knew we'd get through, to this eventually. Yeah, All right, we're going to get into it, but we're going to go. We're going to go a level at a time. All right. The way that the way that you just passionately talked about kind of the the relationship building aspect of having a team where there's trust. You didn't say this, but it kind of you implied psychological safety. Mm-hmm. Where if I'm failing, I can connect with the people around me, and we trust each other to have an honest and vulnerable com- conversation. Right. You have so of the 34 strengths that come out of Gallup's research. There are four quadrants or four domains where they divide these strengths into those four domains. So all 34 of them belong to one of the four. And you have a lot of relationship building strengths right. in of the relationship building domain in your top 10, mm-hmm. which means that you lead with a relationship building take on things. Yes. And it was so apparent in the way that you just described the, the right. importance of trust and psychological right. safety. So- with that in mind, not everybody leads like that. If yeah, you think about totally. somebody with 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 a lot of relationship building strengths like you, trust is going to be central. Relationships are going to be central. Connection as a team is going to be central to your leadership style. Whereas somebody who has a lot of like executing strengths, rather than relationships and trust, they're really going to lean heavily on performance. Mm-hmm. And they they might actually sacrifice relationships in the name of performance, because performance is what speaks to them. We're going to be a driven team. We're going to get a lot of stuff done and we're going to, we're going to beat everybody else because we're going to be very productive. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because they come from that different perspective, they may be sacrificing something like relationships because they think like somebody with high executing strengths. So you might have peers in your organization that come to mind when I say that, like somebody that's not really connecting with their team, but they do drive their team and they expect results. Yeah. Um, another example is that uh, there are some leaders that have a lot of strategic thinking strengths mm-hmm. or they have strengths from the strategic thinking domain. Those leaders 
are, are constantly going to be thinking about the future and they're going to be focused on direction. What's the path that gets us where we want to go? Mm-hmm. And they may not actually be as, as in, involved in or interested in seeing the performance like someone in executing or the relationships like someone with your domain. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I point that out because it's, it's interesting and insightful to think about how of these four domains, even leaders in the same organization might have a very different approach to leadership mm-hmm. based on where their strengths fall and recognizing that that's okay, that we think differently is, mm-hmm. is a step in the right direction, but also acknowledging like you might actually really be able to help some of these other leaders connect better with their teams because it comes naturally to you right. and it doesn't to them. All right. right. What do you, I know you had some thoughts too. No, I, I love that. And, and I'll just be completely transparent and say, I feel a little bit like I have been validated, right? Cause any listener of this podcast for any length of time has heard me say this leadership is about relationship, right? If you build good relationships, if you prove to your people that you care about them, that you are, you know, you're there for them. You're going to do anything to to make their life better and easier. If you build that relationship, they're so much more willing to go above and beyond for you, right? Uh, they don't oh, yeah. question your motives when you ask them to do something and, and so forth. So if you've built that relationship, to me, that's my leadership style. And I'm so uh, glad that the the actual science behind this assessment yeah. has has validated what what everyone has heard from me. But also, I totally agree with you is that others won't naturally lead that way with relationships. Um, I, I know in in my in my top ten, I also have a number of uh, traits that fall into the execution. Um, yes, you do. category or theme. Uh, and really, I think that comes down to, I use the analogy of a sports coach a lot when I talk about leadership. Cool. And the best coaches I've ever been a part of that, that have ever coached me and that I've ever seen, they like me, they, they like to build those relationships, right? You hear these college coaches talking about how much they love their kids and what they're doing, yeah. with their kids and so forth. And and I think that relationship building is is clear, and I think it's very powerful. But then I would say to you, I would submit to you that when the coach gets on the sidelines during game time, he turns into execution mode, right? Yeah. And and because that's the way I feel at times as a leader, I feel like oh, I got to build those relationships. But there comes a time when it's all about execution. Hey guys, we got to get this done. It's going to be a challenge, but we're going to get this done. And I can easily see how leaders can kind of bounce. A, mm-hmm. around in those categories based on what the current situation is. Yeah. We are not one dimensional leaders. Just, right. just because exactly you have right. a lot of strengths in the relationship building domain doesn't mean that you're only going to build relationships. You would fail as a leader. You have to perform, you have to get results. And if you didn't have any executing strengths at all, which does happen with some leaders, then you would need to lean on your team and members of your team who do have high executing strengths and help them with your blind spots. Mm -hmm. What am I not seeing? What do we need to do to get this done? That's where good leaders know this is what I'm best at this. And, and this is where I need help. And for you, you don't have any influencing strengths or strengths from the influencing domain in your top 15. Right. And so what what that tells me is that you're not going to be the stand up and give a speech inspirational speaker to your team all the time and go around the organization and try to influence the heck out of everybody. You're going to stay 
you're going to work with the team you're closest to the people that report to you mm-hmm. and you're going to build relationships and drive them to execution and leave the like inspirational speaking to somebody else. Does that resonate with you? It, it totally does. And I, I would, I would tell you that there's a, there's a, an added dimension to that for me, because I know the influencer theme, it, I would agree. I, I'm, I'm certainly not the, let me go out there and kind of influence everybody. Let me get my way or, or, or get the, the organization to move in this direction or anything like that. Yeah. I, that's not me at all. But I know the influencer thing, theme also has this dynamic of um, making sure that other people are heard. And mm. honestly, even, even within my team, that's something that I have to be very, very intentional about. I know how important it is that my team members feel like they've been heard. I, I know how important that it is that they feel like, you know, they've voiced their opinion. And if we make a decision that's contrary to their opinion, at least they're bought into it because, well, at least I got to say my piece and, and we made a different decision. So be it, we'll go, go with it. But yeah. I recognize that that is not a, uh, a natural tendency for me. And so I have to be very, it. very intentional. And in fact, one of the things that I do, all of my direct reports, I have a weekly one-on-one meeting with them. And part of that is relationship. Yeah. I'll always ask them, Hey, how's your, how's your kids doing? School started yet? You know, I'll, I'll do yeah. that kind of stuff. I love that. Um, but I will all, always, after we get through the relationship stuff, the first part of the agenda is theirs. You tell me whatever cool. you feel like you need to tell me. Um, if you need my assistance or something, you need help with a decision. Um, or if you think we're going in a direction and you've got an opinion about that, here's your opportunity to share that. So I, I would yeah. just say that, like you were saying earlier, I don't necessarily naturally lead that way, but I can be intentional about right. doing those things. Yes, you can still accomplish what other, what might come more naturally to people who have strengths in those domains, those aren't off limits to you. It just means that for one, it may not come as naturally to you, like you just said. And two, you're, you're unlikely to enjoy it as much as somebody who has influencing strengths. They, they would like those kinds of things. You can still do those things. You can build skills around influencing others and being persuasive and being a, a great communicator, but it's not going to come as naturally to you. And you, you probably won't get as much joy and satisfaction out of, out of it as you would like building relationships, close relationships with your team. So that is, that is an important aspect. Like nothing is off limits. You can do and learn the skills around any of these domains, Mm -hmm. but your domains are the things that are going to come naturally to you and be more fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, again, kind of to go back what you were saying earlier, it's important that we know ourselves well enough to, to, identify the areas we need to be intentional about because we're not going to naturally do that quickly. Just to give you another scenario, we might have a team meeting uh, because we have a problem that we need to solve. And I'm going to come to that team meeting and I probably already have an idea that I think this is the solution to that problem. Um, I might come in there as the leader and say, Hey, here's the problem and here's the solution. Let's go get after it. Right. But if I'm a wise leader, then I'm going to come in there and say, Here's the problem. What are the ideas you guys have? Right? What do you think? Yeah, but the 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 execution strength in me wants to just pick up on the first idea and just run with it. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And and so again, I have to be intentional to say, no, 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 hold on. Let's get an idea from everybody. And, and I and I'm so intentional as to say, hey, you know, hey, Scott, 
you haven't you haven't tossed out any ideas yet. What yeah. what do you think? You know, um, get those ideas out there from everybody. And so, and it's just because I know that my natural tendency is grab the first idea and just run with it. Um, yeah, I've got to huge. Take a step back and let's hear from everybody, right? That's huge. That and and I talk about this in all of the coaching that I do is that that self awareness to recognize what your natural tendencies are and to pause and reflect for a minute and decide. I know my tendency is to want to execute so that we can get stuff done. Like my execution themes or my execution strengths Mm -hmm. are like eager to get going. But because I know that about myself, I'm going to pause for a second and say, is now the right time and place to lean into that execution heavy tendency? Or is it time to dial that back for a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and instead control it and let something else win over. And that's what you just described. Like that's actually a really mature application of strength is when, you know, my tendency is this, but now's not the right time. I'm going to pause. I'm going to get some feedback from my team. I'm going to let them drive. And then as soon as we're all on the same page, that's when I'm going to let my execution themes go. And now we're going to apply those strengths and take over. Yeah. And, and I love that approach because, um, it, uh, you know, again, I came into the meeting with an idea on the best solution already. But notice what I said I should do is just present the problem and then ask for ideas. I didn't present my idea. And that's right. because it's likely that one of the other team members is going to come up with the exact same idea. And when they come up with the idea, and then we decide that that's the idea we're going to go with, they're even more bought in. They're more bought in. To go and execute on that idea than if I had came and said, hey, here's the idea. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Right? Um, so I, I, I do it for for uh, not for strengths finders reasons. I do it for I know I'll get buy-in if it's their yeah. idea much more than if it's my idea. Um, well, and that's exactly, I mean, that point is really important. Like we don't, we don't use strengths finder to try to put people in a box. I think some people are actually really hesitant to take assessments like this because they're like, look, I'm unique. I, you're not going to put me in a box. We don't want to put you in, bo- in a box. What, what we do with something like the strengths finder at Clifton strengths is we try to explain things that you already knew about yourself, mm-hmm. but give it language so that you know how to explain it, not just to yourself. Cause sometimes you don't realize that something is unique about you. And you assume that everybody thinks that way until all of a sudden someone comes along with this strength and a description. And you're like, that is exactly how I think, but isn't that how everybody thinks? And you realize, no, this is unique. This is a distinct strength that comes so naturally to you that you don't realize this is really hard for Mm -hmm. other people. So not only does it help you identify that for yourself, but all of a sudden you have language to explain that to other people who don't think that way. In fact, so if we can, if we can dig into, let's do it, maybe two or two or three of your strengths, let's do it. We'll give some examples of that things that are natural for you that may not be for other people and you being able to explain it to them yep. is really powerful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, okay. I, I'll, I'll go through, well, here, I'll just name the top 10 of mine and cool. then you tell me which one you want to dive into. Um, I, so my top 10 strengths are relator, responsibility, context, consistency, harmony, connectedness, belief, arranger, futuristic, and positivity. 
Which so of those, good. Micah, would you like to dive into? It's such oh, man, all of it is such good stuff. Which one do you want to dive are into? There like there are like five or six that I would love to get to <laughs> that we probably won't. But we'll, let's start with number one. Just okay. the fact that this came up as number one. But before before I get into a little bit of a description about this, I want to point something out that we mentioned at the beginning, and it's that the word weaknesses was missing from your report. Mm-hmm. but it's not missing from the concept. And we've alluded to this a couple of times, but if you think about each of these strengths, all 34 of them, they Gallup actually calls them talents. And a talent you should think about neutrally. It's mm-hmm. like in the middle of the spectrum, a talent means that you have a tendency to think, feel, or behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. When we apply those strengths or those talents in a positive and mature and intelligent way, that's when it's a strength. But because the talent is neutral, that means that we can also sometimes use that talent in a negative or raw or immature way. That's when it is a weakness. That's when your talent for something is misused Mm -hmm. or overused, and it can become a blind spot or a weakness. And it's the same talent. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that is the interesting concept is both the talent or sorry, both the strength and the weakness are built into these natural talents. What you're smiling. What are your thoughts no, on that? That's such a good point it, it, because I, I teach the same thing and I just use different words for it, but I will talk about, uh, you know, care about your people, right? Do these activities that demonstrate that you care about your people, but I always caution but you can't manipulate these actions of trying to care about your people and think that, oh, well, you know, if I write him a thank you card, then he's going to stay the weekend and do the extra work. That will get sniffed out That's every single yeah. time, right? So <laughs> it's not an idea that you can use this and, and manipulate it in some way. And, and I can certainly, you know, relate that same concept to, well, I've, I have this strength and I could mm-hmm. use it for good. But I could also try That's to right. use it in a negative way that that would manipulate someone or some situation uh, the way I would want it to. Yeah, you, you got it. That's exactly that is, again, the self-awareness benefit that we right. get from this is that being able to describe these strengths individually and acknowledge like that truly is the way that I think. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of take that to the next level and understand I know myself so well that this is how I use the strength in a positive way. And this is how I sometimes use the strength in a negative way. And now it's up to me to recognize before it happens Mm -hmm. when those opportunities arise and I can pause and reflect and think, am I using this in a healthy way? Yeah. And if so, I'm going to lean in, Mm -hmm. but if not, and this is an an unhealthy application of strength, I'm going to dial it back and that control that self-awareness that leads to control of your actions, that is what we're looking for in in this kind of strengths-based development. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, let's dive into Relator then. So that's my, relator, top, okay. my top one. All right. I think so I relators, know what it means and all, but yeah, you, yeah, you tell me. <laughs> well, there, what I love to do with some of these, it's, it's often very helpful to talk about a single strength in the context of another strength, like I'll sometimes pair two together. Sure. Yep. There are no opposites. Gallup would say that none of these are opposites because a lot of these strengths, even though they may, they may be contrasting strengths, they can still show up 
in one person's top 10, meaning Mm -hmm. they have them both. Mm -hmm. But statistically, there are some strengths that are just unlikely to show up together Mm -hmm. because they do kind of contrast each other. And so while we talk about relator, I'm also going to bring in a strength called woo, which is not an opposite, but it is more statistically unlikely to show up together. So people with high relator, they, they love going deep with relationships, having close connections with a few people people that they've they've learned to trust so deeply that they can let them see the the real you mm-hmm. true like unadulterated this is like the deepest darkest side of me and they love and get a lot of satisfaction out of a few really close relationships with people what's interesting about that the relator is that they see relationships as being something that is earned and you build trust and that takes time so a lot of times when I work with people who have high relator, they they talk about their relationships as being almost like a series of bubbles. They have their out their outer bubble where anything at all in common, like we work together or we went to the same alma mater or we were both in the military, that's enough to have in common to come into my next circle, my yep. my next bubble. And but that's where you stop until we have more meaningful experiences together where we build trust together. It's like, Oh, we served in the same platoon and we went to war together. It's like, Oh man, you start, you start coming closer and closer and and breaking into new circles or new bubbles closer to your center until finally you've built so much trust and depth with somebody that like their brother, there's somebody that's really close to you. People with high woo in contrast, they don't actually want depth. They like breadth. Mm-hmm. They like having a lot of acquaintances and most of the time they want to keep it really high level. And I'm going to, I use the word superficial that has a negative connotation, sure. but it's, it's truly for the definition of superficial. That's actually what people with high woo prefer, because if I can meet a bunch of people and I just love meeting strangers, it's like this social courage mm-hmm. where they just, the idea of be talking to anybody and sometimes even opening up about really personal things with someone with high woo, that's not a big deal because they want to be friends with a lot of people Mm -hmm. and they're okay with it being quick Mm -hmm. because they're not going to go too deep and it's not going to get really personal. They just like those interactions with strangers. So there are some people that have both of these. And when you talk to them, you realize that it's some situations are relator, some situations are woo, but most of the time when relators high, woo is low. And when woo is high, relator is low. Mm -hmm. And it's just this difference in approaching relationships. I joke about how if a relator and a woo walk into a social gathering and um, they, they look around the room, the people with high woo are thinking, man, look at all these new people I get to meet. Mm-hmm. And the person with high relator is looking around like, who do I already know here exactly. that I can yes. go spend time with? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're not as excited about meeting new people. It's like, who do I already know that I can build a deeper bond with? What are yeah. your thoughts on that? No, that's a, that's a great explanation. And, and that, I mean, you almost read my mind as it relates to going into a room full of people, uh, because that's what I would be looking for. I'd be looking for that that individual I know the best that I could go and, and talk to. And I've always just kind of attributed that to the fact that I'm an introvert, not an extrovert. Um, but, you, you know, beyond that, I can certainly see the rea- relator strength coming out in, in that situation. And I totally, yeah. I totally get kind of your analogy of those layers. And, and whatever things we have in common gets, gets us deeper into layers. I would just submit to you that in, in the work context, 
um, and maybe this is a part of my intentionality, but in the work context, the org chart kind of defines those those layers hmm. that you're talking yeah. about. Like, uh, in in all actual, and I use this this quote from Andy Stanley Andy Stanley a lot. Um, I, I do for some what I wish I could do for all. Right? You know, because if I lead a if I lead a 200 person team, well, I can't build good relationships with all 200 people, right? Right. So instead, it's that org chart that kind of creates for me those layers. And that layer that is my direct reports, I'm going to be intentional about building yeah. those relationships with them. Yeah. And then beyond that, I'll, you know, the next layer of the org chart, yeah, I'll try to be, you know, much better about, uh, but then, you know, way down the org chart, I know I can't build you those can't. those close relationships with them. And so That's for exactly- that reason- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, for that reason, like I was saying earlier, my direct reports in those one-on-one meetings, they know the first know. part of that is going to be about, hey, we're going to talk about us, right? And yeah. it's it's just, it's my desire to build better relationships with them just because I, I feel like I can lead them better when I know them that way. I feel like they know me better that way and trust me mm-hmm. better that way. And, and all of that starts because, you know, I get a new team member reporting to me. Well, that person is not going to open up to me and share all of their family secrets with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I start with is I start sharing me. And then yeah. over time, they start sharing more about them, right? You know, I'll ask cool. them a question. Hey, how many? tell me again how many children you have. And their first answer might just be three. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's enough that's for all me. You get. That's enough <laughs> for me. All right. Uh, you know, and then later on, I'm going to learn their names and then where they're going to school and and all of that. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's definitely how Relator yeah. shows up in everything I do leadership wise. Man. Yeah. I mean, you said something that's also so good to hear you kind of validate that this is what, how a Relator thinks. And especially if anybody listening felt like the description of woo resonated with them, then it's helpful for them to realize, Oh, like even going into the same situation, this room full of people, if I'm with a Relator, we're going to approach that day or this hour, this networking event, that situation from very different perspectives. And we can have a better understanding of one another as we do. And one misconception around uh, relators is that sometimes people in an organization will learn, oh, you have high relator. You like building relationships still. And then they'll think that means you can make relationships with everybody. And so they say, why don't you go build a relationship with this department and this department and that leader and that leader? And that's, that's a misconception just because they like building deep relationships doesn't mean they have the capacity to do it for everybody for the very reason that you can go deep and you invest so so much to And if you make me spread it over, you know, 20 people, everybody only gets 5%. It's like, I can't go deep if you make me do this with everybody. But if you give me my team of people that report to me, they're going to get a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the relator strength here is it's definitely restricted by volume. Right. And, and that's yeah. because of how deep you you do want to build these relationships. And you're exactly right. It takes a lot of time. You don't come into a new team as a leader and build relationships with that first la- layer in you know a month or, or even six months. It, it takes a, a long time to build those relationships. And so it, it has its volume limits. And so to your point, you, you can't be expected to just point at a group of people or point at an individual, go build a relationship with that person or that person. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's all dependent on, well, how many relationships are you already juggling? 
um, to mm-hmm. try to, to try to go deep with. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Well, oh. and so real quick, before we go to another strength, it's, I think it's helpful to think about the fact that your, um, your interactions with other people will also trigger, like, I hope that you're paying attention for this after we've talked, mm-hmm. it will trigger thoughts about your relator that will help you understand when it may be unhealthy and a raw application of that relator strength, because sometimes relators can feel standoffish from somebody else's perspective. If somebody else has low relator and, and they don't need that time to build a relationship with you, like if you had a peer leader join your team and they're trying to get to know you, they might see you as standoffish because you're going to be that person that's like, I'm only going to give you the number of kids that I have. Mm-hmm. And maybe as I get to know you and trust you, then I'll tell you their names. Then I'll tell you their age. And so you might come across as somebody who's like, don't ask me questions. Don't come talk to me. I don't really want to be friends with you. That might be the feeling that you give off to somebody when in reality, it's a good thing. You want to build a deep relationship, but you need time and you need trust and, and they, but they may not know that yet. And so that first impression of you might be, wow, you were really cold to me the first time that we met. Yeah. Have you yeah, ever experienced that? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not the first time I've ever heard a, a comment like that. I, you know, I, throughout my life, I, there's been times where I, I've known someone now for five years and we're the best of friends, and and they'll finally say, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were a jerk, right, or something <laughs> like that. And I'm, Whoa, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I mean, because you didn't know me. Yeah, you you were at a you were at that that church group with us, and and you didn't even speak to me. <laughs> Yeah, there was forty people there. I, I, that's just yeah. not me. I and, don't, and I didn't know you. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's not not so the th- first time I've I've heard that. Yeah. That's that's the mentality of relator is that all of the all of these strengths come with good and the blind spots, yeah. the good and the bad. Yeah. So it's just yeah. something to like kind of pay attention for is because I'm good at deep relationships means that I may not be good at like striking up a conversation with a stranger or being really welcoming to somebody mm-hmm. that I don't know yet. And yeah. it's good to know that about yourself because then you're aware of that feeling that you give off. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I know we, we don't have a lot of time left. I, I'm good. Let's can go, I, man. Let's, let's get into another, keep, let's dive, to, dive into let's, another one. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about, I can, and I can actually go fast through a couple more of these and just share some thoughts and impressions about if I were to look at your strengths report and think mm-hmm. about you as a leader and talk about your leadership style, we, I would spend a lot of time, like we already have talking about that you're a relationship building leader mm-hmm. and that is your identity. And for one, I would say, don't try to be something you're not. You may have a peer who is a total influencer and seems to be like a motivational speaker and always influencing, getting people to do what they want and being really persuasive. If you attempted to do those things with the strengths that you have, it would be ingenuine and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So be be who you are and lean into the strengths that you have and be that kind of leader because that's going to be how you find success. Mm-hmm. Now, your second strength is responsibility. People with high responsibility have, they take psychological ownership of what they say they're going to do. If yeah. I said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And right. if, if it means I sacrifice my own time, my money, my weekends, my nights, whatever it is, if I said I would do it, I'm going to do it. And they feel a, a greater sense of guilt than most people if they ever let somebody down. Yeah. So oftentimes it's that feeling of, I am not going to let this person down. And so that's what drives them to complete and, and fulfill their word. Yeah. That, yeah. that sounds like you. Oh, no, it totally resonates in a, in a number of different 
ways in my life. And, and so I'll just give you an example of a few of those. Um, in my corporate world, in my corporate life as a leader, if I'm in a setting where maybe we have a, a set of clients, uh, you know, brand new people, you know, and in, tip, in a meeting like this, typically it begins with you kind of go around the room and you introduce yourselves, right? Uh, when I introduce myself, I don't ever introduce myself and then spit out a title, uh, vice president of engineering or anything like that. What I'll say is, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm Michael Tanner. Uh, I'm responsible for engineering. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I, will, and I will say you know, if anything goes good in engineering, it's the credit to a lot of great engineers. If anything goes bad, it's my fault, right? That's usually my introduction. Now let's bring it home, right? I have three teenagers. Well, actually, sorry, my oldest just turned 20. So I've got two teenagers and a 20 year old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but I'm always talking to them. I'm always teaching them about do what you say you're going to do. Like, you know, my youngest son, right? I'll, I'll, Go in and his room's a wreck. Hey, dude. Hey, clean this thing up, right? And okay, all right, Dad. I'll, I'll do that in just a couple of minutes. Okay, and I walk away. You know, six hours later, I come back and the room is still just still a disaster. And wait, well, hold yeah. on. You told me you were going to clean the room. Do what you say you're going to do. And then in my leadership training, I teach that one of the one of the key elements to leadership is credibility. Right? You have to have credibility. Yeah. You have to. Your team has to have this belief that you're going to lead them to success. Um, And one of the, again, one of the very small elements that I teach of building credibility is just do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. If you tell a team member, hey, I'll take care of that for you, you'd better take care of that for them, right? And if you can't, don't say it, right? It's better. In fact, I teach it's better. Don't even say it if you don't think you can do it. Uh, because it's better to not say it and do it anyway than it is to say it and then not do it. Right. Yeah. So all of that relates to, you know, here at home, at work, oh, leadership yeah. development, uh, it's all, uh, very, um, tied to that responsibility. Yeah. I mean, it's for, for people with high responsibility, it's a matter of integrity. If I don't do, do what I say I'm going to do, that's my character. Like I'm, I'm not going to go against my integrity, um, just by, by not following through on something I'm going to do. Um, it, they also often have like a really high standard. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm also not going to do it half-heartedly. Right. I'm going to do it well. Like my standard is here. And this is where it kind of can sometimes cross into that boundary of, of blind spot or weakness is that oftentimes you have such a high expectation for yourself and that feeling of like character and integrity mm-hmm. that you project that on others mm-hmm. and you expect a lot of others too. And so that expectation that you put on other people sometimes means that you can be really frustrated working with people who don't have the kind of sense of responsibility that you do. And sometimes it's a good reminder to remember, like, this is your number two strength. Mm -hmm. This is the way that you think it's the way that you feel it drives your behavior. And some people probably have responsibility at the very bottom of their list, which means like, they just don't care. And that's unfathomable for somebody who has high responsibilities to think that somebody just would commit to something and they'd be like, Oh, I forgot. Or, you know, I decided not to. And to them, it's like, they didn't lose sleep over it. They're like, oh, I just decided I didn't want to. And you're thinking like, wow, Mm. you can't just decide you didn't want to. You made a commitment. Right. It comes so naturally to you. You have to recognize sometimes that it's like, that doesn't come naturally to other people. And I can't let my expectations for them 
cloud yeah. our relationship or get in the way of our relationship. Yeah, you know, I you, you you were teaching us earlier about each of these strengths. You could use it for good and you could also use it for bad. And and I can certainly think of some scenarios where I use responsibility for for bad, for the negative. And it yeah. it aligns exactly to what you're talking about there is uh, someone was quote responsible to do something, right? It was their activity to do or task to do or whatever. And they didn't, or, or they said they were going to do it and, and they didn't. And that mm -hmm. same kind of conversation, you know, well, well, I didn't think it was all that important. So I didn't do it or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, it's important because you said you would do it because you said so. Right yeah. <laughs> now, the, the, the way I would utilize the, this responsibility strength in a negative way in that situation is, well, fine, I'll just do it. I'll do that myself, right? I'll take that on. And, and, and a lot of times <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that at all. Uh, yep. Other times that really turns into kind of micromanagement. Well, if you're not going to yes. do it and you're not going to do it the way I'm, then I'll do it myself kind it. of thing. Um, and so I can easily see how I can swing the pendulum of responsibility to the negative side of using that strength. That's exactly where I was about to go because you're, you're not alone. Other people with high responsibility have a really hard time delegating mm -hmm. because they know that they have this standard. They know that if they take it on, they'll complete it to that level of, of their standard and giving it to other people and letting them decide how well they do it. And if they do it means that you're like kind of letting go of that control. And so delegating can be really hard for people yeah. with high responsibility. Yeah, totally. Cool. Totally. Is. Good totally thoughts. Is. Good stuff. Well, well, Michael, listen, I don't want to, I, I told you I was going to consume an hour of your time. And since I told <laughs> yep, you that, good. then that's all I'm going to consume. You've got to fulfill it. You've got to complete it. I want to take responsibility <laughs> nice. for that. Right. So, but you've dropped a ton of knowledge on our audience today. And I really, really appreciate that. I'm going to actually post in the show notes for this podcast episode, my strength finders report. So I know nice. we've been talking about that a lot in this uh, this podcast episode. So if folks want to actually see one, you can go back and you can actually look at my report while, while you listen to our, to our love discussing it. about it. Um, but it. also I'm confident Micah, that after all you've shared with us, there's members of my audience that want to connect with you, want to find you and want to get uh, more knowledge on probably the Clifton strengths finder, but, but also what you do. So how, how would our audience yeah. find you, Micah? Well, I, I am very active on LinkedIn. So that's kind of my platform of choice as far as social media goes. But you can also go to my website, micahlawrence.com. And uh, you'll want to look at the show notes to spell my name correctly because it, it's a weird one. But uh, on my website, I also have information about uh, events that I have coming up. I'm getting ready to launch a, um, a small online course for leaders to help them apply the Clifton Strengths to their leadership and to their teams. So uh, if people want to sign up for my email list and subscribe, to my website, then uh, they'll be the first to know when that comes out. Yeah. And I will definitely in the show notes for this podcast episode, I will have links to uh, your website and, and I think we're connected on LinkedIn or are we? Are we? Probably. I, think I we would probably imagine are. so. <laughs> I, I, Cause that's usually my platform of choice as well. Yeah. Um, and being a relator, I like to just go ahead and connect with folks and go way. connect with everybody. So, yep. so I'll, uh, I'll include in the show notes, a link to you there on LinkedIn as well and to your website uh, for sure. So, but Mike, for, thanks for persuading me to uh, to take the assessment again and persuading me to kind of open up the book for all of our audience here. Uh, I could nerd I out that. on this stuff, uh, you know, all day oh, me long. Me too, obviously. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. So thanks for, for that. But most importantly, thanks for taking your time and sharing your knowledge with our audience. I really appreciate that. Oh, it really was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, my interview with Micah. I had such a good time with that interview. And, and honestly, I was really, really pleased with the results from uh, the Clifton Strengths Finder. I had taken that many, many years ago and kind of forgotten about the experience and the results that you get back from that. And in fact, I will be posting here in the show notes of this episode, I'll be posting the report, just one of the reports that I received from taking that assessment. Uh, you can look through my, uh, as if the interview with Micah wasn't enough to divulge all that is me. You can look at the report and you can see even more there. But also be sure you check out Micah and all the things that he's doing. Uh, as he said, you can find him primarily in terms of social media. You can find him on LinkedIn. So be sure you connect with him there. In the show notes of this episode, you'll see a link to his, uh, to his uh, LinkedIn profile as well. But also check out what he's doing online at michaellorenz.com. That's M-I-C-A-H-L-O-R-E-N-C.com. So be sure you check that out. You definitely want to look him up. You definitely want to connect with him. I had a great conversation with him, and I know you'll have a great experience with him as well. Again, links to his website and his LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes of this episode. You can just head over to rookieleaders.com. This is episode number 64. You'll find the show notes and links to everything that is my, that Micah is doing. Now, quickly again, before I let you go, don't forget about our leadership calculator. Be sure you take advantage of that free tool. I'd love to see uh, you, the results of your leadership effectiveness there um, and give you the report that will enable you to, to increase your leadership effectiveness. So be sure you take uh, advantage of that. CredibleLeaders.com forward slash calculator for that free tool. Now, with that being said, thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope you've been blessed by this episode. Until we speak again, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.